Hello, lovely listener. Hello. Welcome to Frithcast episode 166. 166. That is 66 more episodes than we were on when we were on episode 100, which I think is worthy of a small celebration. Okay then. And now we go on with tonight's <laughs> exciting episode. I'm Suzanne, I'm half your hosting team for this episode. I'm a heathen with a head full of stuff. And I'm Kate, and I am a hanger-on, um, who helps-ish, kind of. Uh, I'm not a heathen, and my head is full of very little at all. Why are there no Viking detectives? Viking detectives. What, what, what? Explain yourself. Well, you get like, you know, you get fictional detectives in all kind, different kinds of flavors, and I'm thinking the historical ones. You get things like Cadfile being the big famous one. Yes. So Benedictine monk dude who wasn't always a monk goes round and solves medieval crime. Very good books, and for the life of me, I can't remember who wrote them, and I really should have checked. Um, Peters. Ellis Peters. Ellis Peters. Ellis Peters, I believe. Um, yes, uh, they are. Um, they were a uh, famously adapted into a TV, a series of TV uh, films. Really, I mean, they were they were pretty long things. Lavish they, they productions. Were like, they were. Yeah. yeah, they were. They were pretty long, like feature length things. Um, each book adapted into a uh, a show with uh, Derek Jacobi. Yes. In the title role. Um, Cad file. Um, apparently, the name, the the author, according to Wikipedia, the author originally intended the name to be pronounced Cadvel, um, which was aimed at the Welsh mm. uh, because it's a Welsh name. But in Welsh, apparently, it would be Cad Cadvile. But the F is pronounced as a V, apparently. Oh. Although most people I know, and I think most people in the TV show as well, pronounced it Cadvile. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good, good, good books, good, good books, good shows. Yeah, and the the the, the Roman dude that you like. Yeah, um, I have read a. Um, I've only actually read the one, but I, I keep meaning to, to to have a look at some of the others. Um, a series of books about a Roman uh, private detective called Marcus Didius Falco. They are by Lindsay Davis, um, and they have. Um, uh, Falco is a, uh, he's basically a private, he's, he's called, an, the, the title he uses is informer, he's like a private private detective, you can hire him to, and the first book in the series is called The Silver Pigs, and it's about a, a, a sort of a, a conspiracy involving um, corrupt goings-on at a tin mine in Britannia, Wow. Um, and which like ripples its way all the way down to Rome, and people start getting... People start turning up dead 
Ooh. And he has to investigate why. So you've got him in the Roman era. <clears throat> you've got Cadfile in medieval Britain, effectively. Mm-hmm. Way, medieval Britain and Wales. Yeah. But you don't have any Viking Age detectives. There's no detective stories, murder investigations or otherwise set in that setting. Well, yeah, I mean, these are, these are, we've given a couple of examples. There's many, many um, people love uh, detective stories. They love murder mysteries and they love historical settings. So it's natural that, you know, there are a lot of, um, you know, there are various other um, people writing similar stories. Well, not similar stories necessarily, but, but, you know, characters along the same lines as Didius Falco. So you've got, you know, re- several people doing series about Roman detectives. You've got, um, I don't know, for monks, but you certainly have priests. Uh, maybe more in more towards the modern age, you get a lot of um, uh, uh, sort of priests doing uh, investigative things and solving mm. solving cases and stuff. But no Vikings. But no Vikings. So, yeah. Could it be because the fact that they didn't consider killing each other a crime to speak of? They kind of did and they kind of didn't. Okay. You know, it's it's an odd thing. So I kind of want to use a bit of today's episode talking about murder and Fair. murder, how it's seen in the Viking Age, because it's kind of complicated. Murder is. And it's a little bit Klingon almost as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, All right. You know, Halstein of Quonar's ship was you. Yes. <laughs> oh, end of investigation. Everybody, um, yeah. <laughs> like, yes, it was, and I'm proud. And you're like, wait, I, it no. was a noble victory, it was a great, honourable, whatever. Uh, yeah. yeah, actually, it was. Let's go write a song about it and have some beer, and that's it. It's like when you you look at the public perception of specifically men from the Viking Age, you tend to get this kind of warrior, um, bloodthirsty lunatic, berserker, raider. These slabs of beef casual sorry got distracted i'm a vegetarian i'm a vegetarian I'm sorry a vegetarian. i am a vegetarian you get this very specific public perception especially of men of the viking age that they're very much casual violence yeah they're very much going in and killing people and that is yes part for some of them that's their job yeah, yeah. That's what they're hired to do. That's what they know that they'll get rewarded for doing. But actually, when you go back and you look at the law codes from that age, mm-hmm. you've got a very complex justice system that has a lot of... It's based a lot on honour and personal honour. Yeah. And so it kind of... I don't know. You get to thinking, why are there no <clears throat> Viking detectives um, why is this? Why is this particular period in this setting? Because I mean, it is a, it is an enormously popular uh, setting for fiction. Yeah. Um, I mean, we love you know the, the the in the modern the modern age, particularly in I, I want to say the the West. I, I'm always a little bit twitchy about that that term, but we have this we have this tremendous interest in the Vikings. We you know we we love our our stories about these sea rovers and and you know doing the, the 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 raiding and we love the the mystique of it and all this kind of thing which you know i imagine is a bit of a nightmare for heathens to deal with but yes um, it has its moments 
but yeah, but yes, you're right. The, the, we don't see, whereas we see a lot of other historical periods adapted into the, the, the sort of the, the modern crime genre, if you like. We, I don't, I personally don't recall ever seeing that done with that setting. No, and I think part of it is to do with once we get past the stereotypes and we get into the law codes of the era, which would be the world in which they were operating. Mm. The world, the the law code being this just an honor system, just an honor system, also being based on legislative assembly. Yeah. And courts. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you could have a, I don't know, you, the equivalent of a courtroom drama in the Viking Age is the thing room drama. You, know, you only get one episode a year because it only meets once a year. <laughs> it's going to be a very slow series. <laughs> it's time for you to go off and do whole other films in between filming this entire series of like six episodes because after that all your actors get bored and go home. It... And yeah, it's an odd thing because they're legislative assemblies, they're things. Yeah, only occur like once a year in these big these big gatherings where the law cases are decided. So they have to get everything done, everything done all at once. Everything's done all at once. Everything, everything, everywhere, all at once. Everything, yeah. And it's the way to actually do it to to kill somebody, how to kill somebody and get away with it. Yeah, is that you um, do it in public and in daylight. Okay. In front of other people, and then you admit your wrongdoing, <coughs> and you defend yourself at the thing, and you pay whatever compensation is given to you. Right, and now, that's it. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna just so okay. My understanding of how to murder someone, right? Which purely theoretical. I of course. To, I hasten to add. Sorry, lovely listeners. This got very dark very quickly. My understanding of how to murder someone is, you do it in the dark. Yeah. When nobody's looking. Uh huh. You sneak around, you make sure that nobody can tell it was you, you make sure you're not being recorded on CCTV anywhere, you cover up your fingerprints, yeah. you make sure you're not leaving like hair or genetic residue. Yeah, all ew, of that. Ew. Anywhere, but you know what I mean? You uh -huh. know, you're not you're not shedding skin or, or any of that stuff that people can pick up in DNA afterwards. You do the the thing, the, the, the murdering, and ideally if you can make it look like an accident, better yet. And you never ever ever Admit anything. Yeah. So basically, the exact opposite in yes. every regard. <laughs> yes. So they do have offences of murder. Okay. Their offence of theft is almost worse than murder. because oh, wow. Because murder's split into kind of different categories. Like we, in the modern day now, we have offences of like accidental murder, uh, you know, accidental killing. Yeah. Um intentional murder so you set out you plan and there's evidence of that planning and then you go and do the thing yeah and we have like accidental murder so you dangerous death by dangerous driving um we have the murder where you manage to go out on a night out and you get into a disagreement and you punch somebody and they trip and fall and die yeah but it's not something that you ever planned to do but it still happens so we kind of vary the degrees of there's um <clears throat> I'm just gonna. There's an interesting book um, that might be of, of 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 interest because it's interesting. Um, no, is and it interesting. It, it is. Um, wow. Well, it is to me because it's about Romans again. Oh, okay. So sorry okay. to distract just for a second, but there is a point behind it. Um, Does it go stabby? 
it, it's very stabby. <laughs> it's a very stabby book. Although it does have a section on poisoning as well. Ooh. Um, ha. There's a book uh, called A Fatal Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. Yeah, that's definitely Roman. Um, and it's by uh, a writer called Emma Southon. Or okay. Southern, I'm not sure how she'd pronounce it. It's S O U T H O N. And it's a really it's a really interesting book because it's, it's all about a lot of the it's about the way the Romans viewed homicide. Mm. And she makes uh, the first the first part of the book, the introduction to the book is is she she explains the complexity of murder. That you know, you say to me, what is murder? Well, it's when somebody kills somebody. No, no, it's much, much more complicated. You have homicide, which is the killing of a human being. Yes. Um, but, as you were saying, you have accidental. You have, yes, I meant to hurt him, but I didn't mean to do that much. Mm. Uh, you have, um, yes, I got angry and I happened to have, you know, a gun in my hand and I shot him mm. because I was cross. So crime of passion in the moment, that's often considered to be a lesser crime than a crime that where you, I'm, I want to kill this dude, so I'm going to go out and buy a gun. By the way, listeners, um, Frithcast Frith legal team uh, advised me to let you know that we do not endorse any such behaviour at all. Please don't go out killing people. Thank you very much. Is that all right? Yeah. Did that about cover it? That's good. Cool. Thanks. Um, but yeah, so there's there's all these different, and, and she talks about the, 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 the different um, definitions and the criteria that have to be met in order for something to be considered murder and how it changes wildly from place to place and over periods of different periods of history. So obviously with your, with the, 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 the Norse way of looking at things. Yeah. The Norse way of looking at things probably would make some very short detective stories, like <laughs> 30 seconds long, <laughs> you know, investigator walks up to the corpse with a whole crowd of people stood by. Yeah. And looks at the person with the big bloody sword and goes, you did it. Yeah. And he goes, yes, yes, I did. In daylight in front of all these people. <laughs> oh. And there's not. And a, then there's credits. And there's not a scrap of, you know, you'll never take me alive, copper. There's no thrilling car chases. There isn't. Or horse chases. None of that. No shootouts from the back of goat pull chariots. Nothing. Not a thing. Not a thing. <laughs> so they, they do, they define murder, but they say basically if you want to... The honourable and right way to do it, yeah, which is a whole oxymoron <laughs> that I did not think I'd be getting into. The honourable and right, the honorable way, to and right way to murder someone is stop it. I'm sorry, I just the world is to is do it. The world is peculiar. Kill somebody in public, yeah. in daylight, yeah. in front of witnesses, yeah. which gives not only the person a chance to defend themselves, but also the crowd to react to what is going on. Okay. So that's why it's considered the honourable way to do it. All right. You then admit your wrongdoing in front of your peers, and you pay any financial requirement that is put to you by the victim's family. Oh, the weregeld. The weregeld, the, the man... Man money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that stops a generations long Dallas styly feud happening yeah. between two sets of families or three sets of families if you really want to tag team another lot in there. When we say Dallas, by the way, we mean the soap opera, not the town. I'm yeah. sure it's a lovely place. So there's an expectation that if you're going to murder somebody, you do it honourably. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean... is just like, what? 
But it, I mean, it, yeah, it is kind of Klingon, isn't it? Yeah, really seriously <clears throat> kind of Worf versus Gowron vibes going on. Yeah, but I suppose this is one of the influences that that, that were applied to the Klingons, wasn't it? This is what this is one of the. I mean, it was basically it was them. It was like this. This they were kind of supposed to be sort of somewhere between Viking and samurai, weren't they? Or yeah, kind of very like honor based. Yeah, very. Very, very rigid honor code that didn't allow for anything apart from them spiraling to their own demise, and the empire needs to mm. change. The other part of their law code is that if somebody commits an injustice against you, whether it is you know a murder of a member of your family or it's just the fact that they've insulted you or otherwise, mm -hmm. you are expected to retaliate. It's almost required that you retaliate to the level of yeah otherwise if you don't retaliate to what's been said or what's been done or what's happened somebody's nicked your wheel of cheese and you do nothing about it you lose your ability to claim compensation at the courts i you see this i don't know how i feel about that yeah, on you, the one you hand, to, you have to recognise it's been done and react proportionately to it. Yeah, on the one hand, you can sort of see the logic. If somebody's, if if you're going to say, well, you know, if something happens to you, if something's done to you, you have to make a fuss about it. Yeah. You have to signal the fact that you have been wronged. Yes. In some way, you can't then come at us later. You can't well, do nothing about it and then come at us later and say, oh, actually, you did this thing to me. Yeah, you've I, got to make a fuss at the time. Yeah. And then you can take the court, the case to the courts at the thing. Yeah. The thing being the, the sort of the big legislative governmental meeting. Potentially up to a year away. Potentially up to a year away. Yeah. So you then have to air your grievances at the thing. And an armed society is a very, very polite society. <laughs> well, it's, so it <laughs> because, is. But apart from in this case, because we have all these records of people having injustices done to them, mm. what they retaliate, how they retaliate in kind, how they go overboard, and then somebody retaliates for, for the, the overboard. For the, over, for the excessive retaliation. And then somebody retaliates for that, and somebody retaliates for that. And sometimes it can echo through generations of people. Oh, my God. Retaliation. Because I was just going to say that it sounds like they had a pretty solid Lex Talionis. Yes. Lex Talionis is what's commonly quoted as an eye for an eye. Yes. And it's very often um, treated as though it's a uh, an encouragement to severity. So basically, um, people will say things like, you know, that what, what in, in Britain is... is is often referred to as the Hangham and Flogham Brigade. Mm -hmm. So you've got the, those people who have a particularly, um, dare I say, conservative view of crime and punishment. Yeah. Who will tend to, um, who will tend to say, you know, whenever they read about somebody having done something, they will immediately go to, ah, yes, well, they need to be locked you up for life. They need to be executed. They need to be meted to them. And they will often say, an eye for an eye. And they will use that phrase to mean if somebody does something, if somebody wrongs somebody in some way, if somebody kills someone, then that person should be killed. Yeah. Because that is fair. That is the... Um, and 
what the the Lex Talionis actually was for was it was to cap mm. retaliation. To say this is this is the limit of what you can yes. do. Yes. Yeah. An eye for an eye means you cannot take more than an eye. Mm. And I mean, to Not me, you must take an eye. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I've just realised as I was about, I was as mulling over. Oh, oh, it's 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 rather like Lex Talionis, Re and I suddenly thought retaliation. And now I think there's probably a link, an <laughs> etymological link there. Lovely listeners, if we find it, we'll throw it in the description. <laughs> you know we're good for the show notes and the links, and you can go down all these rabbit holes <clears throat> for yourself. Oh, I love it when so words will suddenly do that to you, and they'll suddenly go, Whoa! and you'll suddenly see like another. Another word peeking out of the back going, cooey. And you're like, oh, it's you. Oh, hello. You're just wearing glasses and a funny nose. <laughs> so, you were so, saying. So, what you can, you must do is make a fuss at the time. Yeah. You must have it registered in people's consciousness at the time that this thing has gone on. Yeah. Otherwise, you can't walk up to the thing and go, I have a claim for whiplash from six months ago because everybody will be just like, you have a what now? Yeah, you, why didn't you mention this? Yeah, exactly. So or, you need to mention it at the time. I suppose as well, it kind of, it, it also sort of resonates faintly with, um, as anybody who's watched British cop shows uh, will know the, the police um, caution that's always given in Britain when somebody is arrested is, you do not have to say anything, but it may harm your defence if you do not mention it when questioned, something which you later rely on in court. Yes. And, and it it's sort of has kind, kind of an of echo of that. that. It's like, tell me thing. now... Tell us now because it needs to go in. You can't just spring it on us in the courtroom. Yeah. It makes for great dramas and very, very poor casework. <laughs> but yeah, so it's always it, it's always sort of easy to get to, to start to thinking about, you know, um, these ancient cultures and the ancient societies and think, oh, well, they can't have been as advanced as sophisticated. I mean, we have a very sophisticated legal system these days. I say we, again, you know, in the modern world we have a multi-plethora of different legal systems but we do you know the uk the us europe again you know we we are familiar with these systems and we think we we imagine them to be these you know like the you know they're, they're, they're thousands upon thousands of years of development and evolution of the the concepts and stuff until we finally reach the state we're at now where we have things like you know uh, we have all these regulations and protections and oversight well, Theoretically, we're supposed to have all this oversight and, you know, respect for the rights of the accused and all yeah. this kind of thing. And we forget that actually these are old, old ideas in a lot of cases. Yes. Yeah. We, we've just we might have refined them and polished them a little bit mm. and set them into a legal code which everybody agrees to abide by. Yeah. But, you know, for. For people of the Viking Age, you have this complex system of claim and counterclaim and setting out a legal case and your peers almost being your judge which is very much what a jury do mm, mm. it's a jury of your peers a group of people now chosen at random but in this age would have been people from your community that would have discussed your case vouched for you gone against you whatever yeah and it was kind of like we're still almost still using that mm. in this country. We we put when we have some uh, we have a trial, we have a finding of facts. Yeah, we have a prosecution who says a thing happened or didn't happen, and we have a defence who are 
Well, we 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 tend to combine the two, don't we? When I say the two, um, uh, Susanna, I think it's fair to say that we, when we think of old cultures, you automatically go to the Norse. I automatically go to the Romans. It's yes. the way the way we, we tend to be. And 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 in this case, that our legal system is is formed from a sort of amalgam of the two. Jury trial, trial by your peers, is very much a a Norse Germanic mm. concept, <clears throat> whereas adversarial um, uh, sort of advocates, you know, yeah, so your to prosecution, have somebody your defense, eloquent speak on your behalf. Yeah, that's very Roman. Yeah, it is to um, have a, a lawyer who will speak in the court for you or defend you. Yeah, is Roman. You basically just you basically just hire somebody who can come and perform. Mm. And if they can, and if they can use the right gestures and the right words and impress people as to, as you say, the eloquence of their case, uh, then the public will go, yes, definitely must be innocent, let him off, or not. Yeah. Depending. And so it's kind of like we're still using echoes of that system now, mm. but we still don't have a good, solid Viking detective, even though... If it was like a graphic novel or a cartoon, it'd be one or two screens long. If it was actually like filmed episodes, they'd maybe be 20 or 30 <laughs> seconds each and you'd get one of them a year. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's I think that's probably I think you've probably hit on the issue there. It's <laughs> it's it's hard to see how such a um, uh, an upfront society. Uh, would end up in situations where such a person would be needed. Yeah. You know, I think that's I think that's probably just it, isn't it? I don't know. You could do. You know, you could get a whole series on like somebody who goes around investigating thefts because theft is a, a huge horrible crime in the Viking Age, and the punishments for that are severe. Okay. Because it's concealing your actions. Yeah. You're stealing stuff off people and you're not letting them see you do it. Mm -hmm. So whereas you can murder somebody in broad daylight, do not go and nick their cheese under cover of darkness. Absolutely not. Never nick, never nick a Viking's cheese. Um, Ever. It's always a, it's a good, it's good advice. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, what sort of stories could, could be told? I mean... I mentioned earlier on one of the in in Emma Southon's book or Southern's book or however you pronounce it. Um, she does. I mentioned that she does do a section on poisonings, and this is this is primarily it has to be said um, primarily the suspected and the accused in some cases are women. Mm -hmm. um, and it was uh, very much considered a, if you were uh, if you poisoned somebody, it was considered almost a magical act because you had created a potion and you did it with the aid of the spirits and the and the evil yeah. magics and all that kind of thing. And you were basically the Roman word for um, poisoner is the same as their word for witch. Oh, wow. Because at least witch in the sense that the you know it's been used through most of the medieval period and all that kind of thing. But but the the, the two concepts were were very firmly rooted together. And and this is because poisoning is a is a is a is a sneaky you know. And I'm I'm just just toying with the idea that you know it, it's kind of the 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 antithesis of everything that you've described mm. in terms of 
you know, the way the, the Norse culture was all about sort of making everything out in the open. Declarations yeah. and all this yeah. kind of thing. Whereas you could imagine having, a, having somebody who has to investigate a poisoning or something like that. Yeah. Not necessarily even because it's killed somebody, but because it's been done so... Sneakily. Sneakily yeah. against the, 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 the mores and the standards of the society. Yeah, so one of the other links to sort of the modern day courts that we have now is that when we go into court as a witness or as the victim of a crime, mm -hmm. survivor of a crime, we will generally make an oath before we give our answers in court. Indeed. And they have a similar thing. They, You will swear an oath to show that you're speaking truths and you you will honour any agreements that come out of that. Mm. And you say, you know, if I am lying, then let me be afraid of the gods. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah, I don't know whether I'd swear to that. but Well, it depends. Inviting it. It depends whether you want it to be honest or not, I yeah. suppose, doesn't it? So, yeah, it's this very, like, strange system that we have now, but a stranger one that they had that put the values and emphasis in places that we no longer do. Yeah, yeah. It's not so much the fact that you've murdered somebody. No. That you've, I can't even say murdered because, you know, as, as the, the, the point we were making is that, is that murder is a very malleable idea. It it's, is. It we know changes. what it is in our society, but what it was back then, very different thing. Very, very different thing. And especially like very different in the Viking Age, very different in Roman society. Yeah. So the fact that you've killed someone, let's say, you've committed a homicide, mm. um, but whether or not that qualifies. Them, but yeah, that it's not so much the taking of the life. No, that it's, is the, it's the method by which you do it. The crime, it's the yeah. Yeah, so you do it one way, you're considered you're considered an honourable human being. Yeah, you do the same act another way, and you're considered you know, you could be sentenced to death, you could be sentenced to hanging, rarer but still happens. You could be outlawed. Okay. And we have sagas about people who get outlawed and kicked out of countries for <clears throat> legal disputes and legal reasons mm, mm. that you know that means they have to go and live somewhere else very rapidly yeah so i think one of the things that strikes me about the amount of violence and unusual happenings that happen in things like the sagas is that we don't write the everyday down true we write down the unusual the unique because we want to remember it yeah so I don't know whether there's an element of that in the sagas that they're just writing down the most interesting bits and those families that just kind of got their piece of land, got their sheep, chilled out, had pretty good lives. They don't even get a mention. No, no. Because they were actually kind of pretty chill. But the guys down the road who were just doing sensationalist crap, they get to go in the red tops. I remember... There was a, a. I used to live in, in, a, in, a, in a, a different area of the UK, and I'm not going to name it because I don't want to. I don't want to be casting nasturtiums or anything. Okay. But I remember getting quite the wake up call once because I had, I for years and years and years, I'd heard about this particular area where it was a residential area, and it was 
always talked about in the most dire terms. It was it was this terrible place of you know Moss Eisley level scum and villainy and all that sort of thing. <laughs> this was this was what I was hearing all the time, constantly. Oh, you shouldn't go there. You know, never go there at night. And oh, don't leave your car around there because it'll be nicked and blah blah blah. And you just you hear it so much and for so long you just and you don't necessarily question it no. because it's just it's always and I remember this particular area and I I'd never visited it until one one particular day I I I found myself up there and I remember looking around at all these all these houses and 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 some so there were some blocks of flats and all this kind of thing and it was it was just this huge huge place and you just suddenly got this this impression of how many people lived in this space and it was it was a built-up area mm. very you know for by british standards very high density housing but that showed me how many people were living there and i suddenly realized you know for all these stories that i'm hearing there must be countless hundreds thousands of things not happening yeah you know and it, you're just saying that about the sagas it's like yeah we hear about the dramas and we hear about the the stories of 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 murder and 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 well yeah whatever you know <laughs> um of, of of horrible things being done and people doing nasties to each other and so forth and then you kind of think yeah but how many people actually were there because we're only hearing about those yeah sort of percentage of yeah yeah so yeah, maybe there's a little bit of that in there. Yeah. But yeah, lovely listeners, this is how you commit murder and get away with it in yeah. the Viking age. <laughs> because they haven't got any detectives. This is the problem. This is the problem. They haven't got Eric the hard-boiled, hard-helmeted detective running around with a wee blue light on his shield. The hard... Solving cases. Hard-boiled egg, but... No, that's that's a Saxon name, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, oh, it was worth a shot. It was close. So it's been a bit dark, hasn't it? Well, kind of. It's been it's been all like, but when you think like you know, you think about how much we all like Poirot and stuff like that. Yeah. You don't know, mind a bit of Cadfile. Cadfile, Cadvel, Cadvel, Cadvile, Cadvile. Yeah. Um, we like us some Didius Falco, Miss Marple, the Mentalist. The Mentalist. Now I want to see him with a Viking plastic horned helmet on, <laughs> running around the wilds of Iceland, picking on people because that would be hilarious. If he isn't at His some whole point, war cry would just be Jane. If he isn't at some point in seven seasons of that show, seen running around California in a plastic horned helmet, I shall be very surprised. Lovely listeners, thank you very much for joining us around the virtual campfire. <laughs> We're going to leave that discussion there where it ran flat into a brick wall. <laughs> Please come and join us again around the virtual campfire for episode 167, where we will hopefully have done a three-point turn in the road, reversed and be going in a proper direction for once. Yeah, it'll be coherent the next one, we promise. No, well, we won't. don't promise. No, we can't promise any no, such thing. Not a chance. That would be stupid. No oaths for us on that particular no, topic. Um, no, you know better than that, lovely listeners. We're just going to need a minute to reverse the, the Frith cast out from this brick wall that we've run it into, and we'll be all fine and dandy for episode 167. We hope you will join us then. If you'd like to find us online, then you can find us 
on uh, random social medias. You can find me. My name's Suzanne Martin. I'm on Facebook. Or you can find me on the small, soggy remains of Twitter, <laughs> at Githa in Jeans. <laughs> and if you want to find me, your best bet is to contact Suzanne. Um... I'm having a bit of a social media hiatus again right now. It's all good. Um, but uh, yeah, you can find our, our page on uh, Facebook, uh, fb.com slash frithcastpod. Uh, just click you there. That will guide you to our Discord server, which is our virtual virtual campfire, where you are more than welcome to come and talk to us. Join us with... Yeah, uh, come and talk to us about this other episode. About other episodes, it's all good. Come and talk to us about random stuff. You kind of know we like that. Lovely and listeners, we'll talk to you all next time. We'll see you then. Take care. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs>